good evening or morning or midday if you're listening then. But anyways, I'm Abby and welcome to Meet My Monsters. Guys, if you don't get that reference, like, we can't be friends. I mean, where's your mingles youth? Anyways, hi. Hi there. Ho there. Hi there. How are ya? I realize that I do that and it's very much like Jeffree Star. And I don't want to steal Jeffree Star stuff. Like, I wish I could. I love the man. But I won't. But anyways, yes. Hi, guys. I'm sick. So that sucks. Anyways, this happened on my glorious week away. That's also why I didn't record last week because I was actually away. I was visiting my brother in White River um, and it was my niece's birthday. So I went up to just go celebrate with them. And yeah, while I was there, I was like, yeah, it's going to be Meet My Monsters on the Road. We're going to record in White River and it's going to be amazing. And then, like a dingus, I forgot my sound card and my microphone at home. Bugger it. <laughs> I was really quite heartbroken. Um, And then, yeah, so like I said, I went there for Josie's birthday. And then over the weekend, it was her little party with all of her friends and whatever. And apparently, I'm allergic to children. <laughs> Not the ones that are related to me. I like those ones. I love those ones. I love my niece and nephew very, very much. And my other nephews, but they're grown people now. But apparently, yeah, large masses of children and I don't do very well because I just end up getting sick. So I've got flu. Fantastic. So editing this potty is going to be a fucking hoot in a hole because I'm just going to have to stop cough, stop cough, stop cough, then cut it all out and... That sucks. And then I sniffle. And then I actually, this is my second time recording the intro because I was sniffling so much in the first one. And I was like, girl, that nasty. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear you and your snotty ass nose. So, yes, this is my second take. Anyways, yeah. Like it was just, guys, when I was listening to the first one, I was like, whoa, this is beyond post, you know? <laughs> this is. Above and beyond that, there's too many snufflings going on. But yee, I'm back now and I'm super duper excited because like I said, you guys are in for a doozy of a week this week because da -da -da -da, we're doing the first mainstream monster um, on Meet My Monsters ever. So I'm like shaking with anticipation. If you don't get that reference, patience. We can't be friends as well. But yes, so I'm really, really excited for this guy. And then on Friday, we so you're getting two potties in one week, guys. Like, how freaking awesome is that? Because now we're going to do my mainstream mayhem. And then on Friday, we're going to fall back into the routine of the Friday potty. Um, and yeah. But anyways, like I said, you're listening to this sexy ass voice right now because I am suffering flu from children <coughs> but it's not corona so yeah yeah lucky what what and I know that it's not coronavirus because I went to the doctor today <laughs> told you all I'm a hypochondriac also I'm just so over being sick that I was like no doctor come now sort me out chop chop thank you but anyways he asked me extensively if I've traveled recently and I was like no I've been to White River have you traveled overseas no like I said I've been to White River are you sure you haven't traveled overseas yes doctor I'm sure I was in Italy last year so if this coronavirus had implanted itself in me and gestated for 151 days 41 days then yes I might have it but <laughs> No, I have not traveled overseas recently. I swear I got the full 411 like pulling me over the coals. Have you been in contact with anyone who's been out of the country? No, doctor, I don't know. 
Well, I really don't know. You know, like any of those kids could have, their parents could have been anywhere. I don't think so. I hope not. But yeah, anyway, so it is just flu. He told me it's just flu. And the reason why I'm, why I'm scared of the corona situation is because it has like touched down in South Africa officially. I don't know how many cases, reported cases we are now, but one, um, a party of travelers got back from Italy recently and, um, yeah, like a lot of them, there were 10 of them and so far last I heard four out of the 10 have been confirmed. So, mm, odds aren't looking good, kids. So, over here, touching back to the coronavirus situation, today I shared a post on Instagram, which I promised I would explain in my potty for anyone who's not a South African, um, and it's quite funny, <laughs> in my notes I've just got POLONI, big in capitals, because it was the post with the Corona beers and the POLONI next to them, and it said, um, the perfect South African suicide kit, or South African starter suicide kit, something like that, um, and why it's funny to us here in South Africa is obviously because, you know, the corona beers represent the coronavirus, what, what. And then Poloni, last year we had this huge outbreak where, well, not an outbreak, I mean, just like a huge distribution of deathly Poloni. <laughs> so, yeah, so I don't know, I can't remember what it was from, if it was like the animals that were sick or if there was something wrong in the factory, if it was how they made the Poloni. But yeah, there was like a lot of poloni release that was killing people. So literally, sandwiches and lunch meat was killing us. So yeah, what poloni is, I don't, in America you'll call it baloney. Um, and in Italy it's called bologna because it comes from the province of bologna in Italy. Um, I'm not too sure what's inside it. I'm not sure if I want to know exactly what's inside poloni. Because when I was little, I was told horror stories. From my mother, thanks more, that it was filled with like all the off-cuts and unwanted bits of animals. Because I used to love poloni and my mom was like, don't eat that, it's so nasty. And then she told me it's filled with all of the gross stuff of the animals. Of the pigs and the cows and the what what. But anyways, that's why I thought it was so funny. Because for me, it shows, have lunch in South Africa and you can die. <laughs> you can die from lunch meat and a beer. Papa, you know, welcome. <laughs> but anyways, enough about the stupid pink poloni lunch meat. Um, it's time to get into this week's monster. I'm so excited, guys. So, this week, we're going to be doing one of my favorites. That's why it is in the my favorite monster section. Um, because it's one of my favorite monsters. And like I said, he's the first mainstream guy that we're going to be doing. And it is the one, the only, Mothman! And the crowd goes wild. Woo, Mothman, we love you! Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> so let us begin. In the dark of the evening, as the frigid temperature of the November night air hugged the vehicle, four unsuspecting joyriders had no idea their lives were about to change forever. Roger and Linda Scarberry and Steve and Mary Mallet began one of the biggest cryptid takeovers America would ever see. For the next 13 months, life in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, would never be the same. Point Pleasant is a small quaint, 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 like look at me already, it's the second paragraph and already I'm reading like a, like a silly thing person. <laughs> Anyways, Point Pleasant is a small, quaint town situated in Mason County. As the name suggests, the small town is usually sleepy, with few happenings taking place. However, between the years 1966 to 1967, the most bizarre creature would take residence in this small community. The Mothman is probably one of the most infamous cryptids to hail from America. Obviously, guys, like I'm not saying he's a Bigfoot. I know that is the biggest, the biggest cryptid in America and possibly the world. I don't know. Everybody's got some kind of Bigfoot somewhere. But as far as I'm concerned, Mothman is a pretty damn big guy, you know. He's one of the high hitters there. Anyways, I mean, like, there's even a yearly festival for Mothman held in Point Pleasant. 
also, listen, all right, I know it's Point Pleasant, and I'm going to do my best to keep calling it Point Pleasant, but for some reason, my mind always wants to say Point Place. So if if I do say Point Place, just bear with me and know, you know what I mean. I know you know what I mean. So just just bear with me, I'm sick. So now that we know where it comes from and what Point Pleasant is all about, let's get into what the hell is this devilish being? Easy peasy lemon squeezy, let me explain to you what Mothman is. So, Mothman is seen as either a prophetic entity, as Hishi Ife has been linked to numerous disasters on a global scale. Like basically, when Mothman shows up, a disaster strikes and then you're just like, ah, shit. So we will be discussing a few of these um, disasters throughout the potty. So that's the first either of what Mothman is. Or Mothman is also suspected to be the bringer of disaster. So some people think he's the prophet of disaster, like a forewarning. Other people think that he actually brings the disaster with him, like chaos just follows. Personally, I enjoy the prior, as Mothman has never been accused of actually harming a person. Now, that's true. There was, like, one account of him maybe possibly killing a German shepherd. I'm not going to talk about that because anybody being mean to animals, even if it's a cryptid, makes me really sad. I can't deal with animal cruelty at all. But, yeah, there was maybe a suggestion that he did offer a German shepherd. But as far as the accounts of Mothman go, he has never hurt a person ever. So therefore, I like to look at this cryptid as though he's like a creepy kind of looking um, warning figure. Just saying, yo, something's coming, child. Mm, I see you. Now, as the name suggests, this thing was both a moth and a man. I really need to start filming myself for these facial expressions. Dang, never. You guys can't see me shaking my head in like, couldn't I have come up with a better thing than moth and man? <laughs> Anyways, but we will get into the looks, um, like the, the look and appearance of Mothman a little bit later. But for now, let's go back to the 60s for his first encounter. So we back in the car now with Roger and Linda and Mary and Steve. Hey guys. So this joyride was the first reported encounter of the beast. As the foursome were driving down a stretch of road in the outskirts of Point Pleasant, they suddenly saw a pair of bright eyes coming up ahead coming up ahead of them. But this okay, this guy's he's just weird for me. Like, first of all, was joyriding a thing? Like, did you just go out for a drive with your friends? Didn't you go to the diner and get like a burger and a milkshake or something? Or didn't you go to the drive-in? I don't know. It just seems very weird to just drive around for fun. I, mean, I don't know. I didn't live in the 60s. So yes. So they're driving along and they see this pair of bright red eyes coming up ahead of them. Now, as they drew closer, the thing took shape, appearing in a humanoid-like form. As they slowed, they noticed the creature had wings. One of the women described them, described them as angel wings. Now, I don't know, like, was she high or something? Because from what I've heard, Mothman's wings, some people say they're feathery. Some people say they're bat-like. There's never really a big description about them. But if I saw something that scared the bejesus out of me, I wouldn't compare it to angel wings, you know? <laughs> Just saying. Suddenly, as though startled, the creature awkwardly scuttled off into the surrounding field area. It's been reported that Mothman, uh, while super graceful as a flyer, was actually really clumsy <laughs> on the land, and he kind of scuttled or shuffled like a penguin. Not willing to stick around for its return, the youngsters made haste to get back to their town. But their encounter was far from over. As they drove, they noticed the winged beast had begun to tail them. This alarmed the four as they were traveling at a considerable speed of 100 miles per hour. So that means, guys, that this thing can fly at 100 miles per hour. That's quite fast, if you ask me. Not that I know much about miles because I travel in kilometers. But I, I, I think it's fast. Pretty sure it's pretty fast. But anyways, the beast would repeatedly swoop over the car, then pull away, echoing this behavior until they reached the city center. 
It was only then that they noticed the creature had disappeared. Wasting no time, the team made their way to the, the team made their way. Goodness me, what a butchery of a sentence. The team made their way straight to the sheriff's office, reporting the incident. They described the grey humanoid being with its gigantic red eyes and impressive wingspan of about 10 feet. He stood about 7 feet tall and none of the four could remember anything distinguishable about his face, bar his glowering red orb eyes. What they did say about the eyes were that they were about 2 inches in diameter, so almost the size of a tennis ball I'd say, and that they were 6 inches apart. The foursome also cited that when they had the first encounter... The foursome also cited that when they had first encountered the creature, they had been driving through the local area, dubbed the TNT area. Now, that's important. So just think about that for a second. Remember TNT, keep it in your noggin. We're going to get back to it. Later, one of the men mentioned that if he was alone, he would have never bothered reporting the incident. But since three other people had witnessed the being, he knew he had not been imagining what he had witnessed. And luckily they did, because the very next day, the local paper reported the incident with the headline, Couples see man-sized bird, creature, something. <laughs> I love these old school, like, what, newspaper headings. Like in Trunko, remember the Trunko episode where it was, what, hairy beast slays whales. They just had a real spunk to them. Not spunk. I mean, I know spunk is gross. They had a real, like, fun kind of little thing to them. This report would ignite a spark in the community, and soon other people began coming forward with their accounts of the Mothman. You see, being a small town, word travels fast, and some of the 5,000 residents of Point Place feared what their neighbours would say if they had shared their stories of the Mothman. However, in a kind of freeing mob mentality, the town began to open up about their encounters thanks to the four young adults who had been brave enough to share theirs. And some of these accounts were just spoopy as fuck. I'm not kidding, guys. <laughs> this one, okay, so like there were quite a few people that came forward with their accounts, like I said, but there's one that I've chosen specifically to share with you because it just, it creeps me out beyond belief like dead finished so let's get into other encounters of the mothman literally the very next day this next encounter happened so first one happened on the 15th of november 1966 this one happened on the 16th of november so marcella bennett and her brother raymond wamsley i love his surname like wamsley what a cool surname. So Marcella Raymond and Raymond's wife Kathy were making their way towards family just outside of the TNT area. The trio were taking Marcella's two-year-old daughter to visit the family in the TNT area. That morning, Marcella and her brother had read about the Mothman encounter in their local paper. They'd even joked around with the idea of going to look for it at some point. However, they had no idea that they would not need to look at all. Arriving at their relative's home, they soon discovered that the Thomases were in fact at church that evening. They had left their three children behind to mind the house. Raymond began to make his way to the car when he stopped dead in his tracks. Hovering above the tree line ahead were a series of breathtaking lights. He called to his sister to take a look at the lights, but, tired and despondent, Marcella soldiered straight ahead with her little girl in her arms towards the car. It was there that she saw a large, humanoid figure appear from behind the vehicle. She reported seeing two large, grey, feathered legs, and then, as though in a horror film, her gaze panned slowly upwards. She noticed the gigantic man-thing had wings, which were tucked around its body, its head was almost quizzically tilted to one side, but one of the most bizarre things she noticed were the giant, glowering red eyes. According to Marcella, it looked like a giant bird, but yet a man 
and it was standing with its shoulders arched and its neck down. I'm trying to do a, a, a thingy accent. <laughs> That's what Marcella sounded like on the thing I watched. Anyway. Almost instantly, Marcella became paralyzed with fear. I just stood there and it looked and looked at it, but I couldn't figure out what it was that I was seeing. Her brother and his wife had noticed the thing as well. Desperately, they shouted towards her, urging her to run, but Marcella couldn't move. Eventually, Marcella managed to muster up the courage to move. However, she could take only a few steps before she fell face first on top of her daughter into the ground. Marcella described it as though being in a trance. I just couldn't do what my mind was wanting me to do. In that moment, Marcella feared the weight of her body and impact of the fall had killed her small little girl. Summoning every ounce of courage she could find, she managed to get up and bolt towards the farmhouse. Her brother was waiting on the step for her and claims to have heard the creature flap its ginormous wings as she made it through the threshold. They quickly barricaded themselves in the house, locking the front door behind Marcella and her daughter. Sorry guys, can I just say, Marcella, that's such a nice name. Like when I first heard it, because I was watching a documentary on the Mothman, like I watched several documentaries just to get as much info as I could, and I read the Mothman prophecies, and I scoured Google, but anyways, when I was watching the documentary with Marcella, I was like, huh, I like that name. Sounds fancy. But anyways, Marcella was terribly banged up from the fall, with blood flowing from her hands, knees, and face. Also, claiming the Mom of the Year award here, she had suffered burn wounds from falling onto her lit cigarette. Let me just emphasize that. She was holding her small girl child in her arms with a lit damn cigarette over her. Now, guys, I'm not trying to bastardize smokers in any way. Like, I was a smoker for a long time. But, you know, like, I've got no qualm with smoking. If you want to smoke, that's cool. Whatever, you know, by all means, like, I won't move to the next table. I won't go sit inside. Maybe if I'm sick, yes, I will, because just for my chest's sake. But, yeah, man, bloody hell, if you want to smoke, you smoke, do it. But where I will get involved and where I do have a huge qualm is when people smoke in the presence of children. Like, I just, I can't stand that. I think that is just deplorable and it's not cool, man. Like, those little guys, their lungs haven't even developed yet. Give them a fighting bloody chance. Give them a fair chance. You know what I'm saying? So that is my biggest, that's my only qualm with smoking is when I see people smoking with their kids or over their kids or something. I'm just like, guys... No, stop. But anyway, so yeah, Marcella, the silly dweeb, fell over with her cigarette and burned herself. Yeah, fatal. Um, so yeah, luckily though, her daughter was unharmed. Apart from the looming emphysema encouraged by her mother smoking over her. But that's a story for another day. <laughs> Shame. No, I hope Marcella's fine. I mean, Marcella's baby girl's fine. It should get asthma or something. But anyways... Um, the children were in a frenzy inside. So remember, there were the three Thomas children and there was Marcella's little girl. So the kids inside were just going nuts. Like they were crying and screaming and what, what. And I don't blame them at all. If I had witnessed that, I would also <laughs> be carrying on in a heartbeat. So Raymond quickly took action and fiercely dialed the local police station. However, this is where things get absolutely horrifying like to the nth degree for me so the mothman was still outside this guy was outside this thing beastie whatever was outside and it was doing its weird penguin shuffle along the porch but just now think about this you are terrified you are in this house you've barricaded yourself in you've got four small children you know that you're trying to care for and there's this thing that you don't know what it is stalking you from outside the house it's just shuffling and it's awkward and it's weird and it's clumsy so yeah so it's shuffling around the porch area the thing even pushes the door so it repeatedly pushes the door like that would just terrify me knowing this thing is trying to get in oh 
Fuck, imagine. What if it did get in? Guys, yo, no. Now, this is the part that totally just like knocked me for six. And I'm going to explain to you why and possibly lose all of my credibility amongst everybody who knows me. But I'm going to explain it. But so the thing was banging on the door and trying to get in. And it was looking in the window with its moosh big red eyes. No. Like, fuck it, no. <laughs> that terrifies me. And I'm going to tell you why. Like I said, I'm going to lose credibility in all of my circles. But I don't care. Because it's my story and I got to get it out there. But yeah, when I was little, um, I must have been about four or something. Um, I was just sleeping, nice, nice, happy, happy. Um, and I woke up for some reason and I looked out the window and there were these two huge fucking red eyes staring at me. I swear to God, I am not lying. I oath. That was like the most horrifying thing for me and that just fucked me up six loves sorry sorry ma i'm swearing now but i've got to because <laughs> i'm scared but yeah like imagine you're four years old and you're just in your bed and you look out your window and there's two huge red eyes staring back at you like that is the stuff of nightmares people legitimately i had nightmares for the rest of my life <laughs> i swear guys it's like my mother can sense when i'm swearing because she just phoned me there mid scary spooky story about my childhood anyways um <laughs> so where was i though yeah this thing was just staring at me uh through my window when i was a baby like that's not cool damn it so like i said yeah it did it totally fucked me up for the rest of my life i think it's probably only um in the past two years i haven't been utterly terrified of the dark like, it was actually, it was quite debilitating in my life of how scared I was of the dark from it. Um, and yeah, and I did ask a professional about it. I was just like, look, dude, I saw these two eyes and I don't know what they were and what it means and what, 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 and he was like, you know what, it could actually be a childhood trauma. But no, I knows what I saw, buddy. It was a monster in my window. But, yeah. So, anyways, that's my little story. And that's why that's why this story of Marcella just buggered me up. Um, when was I in my notes? So, yeah. So, we were at the point where Mothman was staring through the windows like a creepy fucking perv. Anyways. As you can tell, I'm quite passionate now about this encounter. <laughs> so, the police took their sweet-ass time to arrive as they showed up only 15 to 20 minutes after the call. But, okay, I'm bastardizing the police for 15 or 20 minutes. In South Africa, they would have arrived like two weeks later. But anyways, by the time the, um, the police got there, the creature and the lights had disappeared leaving nothing for the policeman to find but a heap of sobbing human beings huddled together in the lounge of the Thomases. Imagine you the Thomases and you go out to church and you get home and there's your like your relatives and your three children just like howling in the middle of your lounge. <laughs> and be like, what happened? What is going on? <laughs> but yeah, shame, poor guys. From then on, Marcella struggled with mental health issues and to this day suffers dream, uh, dreams of the strange wing. <laughs> Let's try that again. So suffers dreams of the strange winged being. Like, and I totally get that, man. Marcella, you and I, girl, I get you. You'd be scared of that damn thing because I would have gone dilly, quite honestly. But anyways, throughout the winter of 66 and up until December 67, Approximately 100 accounted for sightings of the Mothman took place. All witnesses described the being, um, the being being, you know, I've got being being, <laughs> described the being being humanoid, very large, to have a wingspan of approximately 10 feet and to possess red eyes. So those are in my notes. Another thing which I realize I left out, which is really interesting, is the fact that... Um, 
the Mothman is noted to not actually flap its wings. It's never really accounted for that it flaps its wings. It only flaps them once in um, Recollections of the Beast when it takes off. And apparently it takes off like a helicopter just straight up. So it goes whoop and then whoop goes up into the sky and it's gone. So it's not gone, it's hovering. So yeah, it's that's what it, it glides. It doesn't hover, it glides. So it flaps its wings once, ba-ba, and then that's strong enough to like just let it coast on, you know, through the skies. Some people describe the creature to have a head, but almost no one can describe its facial features. Furthermore, the color on a, on a few accounts varies. Some people describe it as brown, whereas others depict it as being gray. Some people were mentally disturbed from their encounters, and I don't blame them one bit at all. I would also, <laughs> I would be just like, hanged up from that. So, but this is where things get even like weirder. So other people even had physical injuries just from seeing it. And uh, like a common occurrence with these people was um, swollen eyes and runny eyes and burns on their body. So it's time for I Was Today Years Old. Um, so yes, I was today years old when I found out you can get conjunctivitis and for those of you who don't suffer from hypochondria like I do, conjunctivitis is the fancy name for pink eye. Um, but anyways, you can get conjunctivitis from bloody well looking into the sun for too long. What? What the fuck? <laughs> like pink eye is really gross, guys. I had no idea you could get it from just staring into the sunshine. What? That makes no sense. Like my mind is just like, Anyways, so this type of conjunctivitis is known as Klieg conjunctivitis. That's K-L-I-E-G, Klieg conjunctivitis. And it is described as an inflammation of the eye contracted from prolonged exposure to actinic or ultraviolet rays. So yeah, the ultraviolet rays are the things that give us that lovely summer glow. But apparently they also give you pink eye, which is damn nasty. So... Thanks a lot, sunshine. This type of conjunctivitis is also common in people who claim to have seen UFOs. That's another thing I learned when I was today years old. I never knew that. So, um, it was. It's apparently you get it from looking at the lights of the spaceship because they're so bright and so demanding that they they give you pink eye. Like that's just awful. So, um, a lot of this. Uh, the Klieg conjunctivitis was appearing amidst more and more Point Pleasant residents. Point Pleasanters? Can I call them that? Yes, Point Pleasanters. So, it was rumored that the creature had a fetish for chasing vehicles near the TNT area. Um, so, yeah, th th this is quite funny. Like, apparently, it would just hover and chase cars down this one stretch of road. <laughs> Oh, it's so funny. Oh, well, I wouldn't find it funny if I was in one of the cars. But, yeah, reading about it, it's very, very comical for me. I can, <laughs> I can just imagine these people in the 60s being like, Wah! driving like mad, trying to get away from this thing. <laughs> so it would harass drivers as they made their way down the roads around the TNT area. And it seemed to be drawn particularly to blood. Uh, one evening... There is an account of it furiously chasing a blood donation vehicle. And when questioned, this is kind of gnarly, but hang in there. When questioned, most of the women chased by the creature who had been driving down the road had been menstruating at that, um, at that time of their encounter. How lovely. Once again, the dreaded P. Diddy betrays the female race. Like, thanks, guys. Um... But our story is just getting started. Things just get weirder and weirder with the Mothman stay in Point Pleasant. And I'm not lying, guys. This is one of the most bizarro cryptids, cryptid stories ever. It just goes from ba 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 to weirder, 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 weirder. So hang in there. Um, oh, I wrote this backwards because... Anyways. So just another... Sorry, add in that I forgot to write before my closure line of that paragraph, is 
um, livestock in the surrounding area had also begun to be mutilated. And a few farmers actually found some of their cattle completely drained of blood. Or that big word that we learned from the red cap, they had gone through exsanguination. So before we carry on with their, their creepy, spoopy, spooky things of the Mothman, let's discuss his name. So I bet you're wondering where the name Mothman originated from. Because um, a lot of the local people still to this day refer to it as the Big Bird. So why, weren't, why wasn't it named Batman or the Big Bird Man, you know? Like especially since there were feathers on it. Why, where does a moth come from? And in no account does anybody say this thing had antenna. If it had antenna, I would say, yes, it's a moth. But since it's got none of them, I would say, yes, it's a bird, doofus. But what do I know? But anyways, the name for the Mothman can actually be attributed to the media. You see, the story of this winged fiend quickly became the talk of the town and the neighboring town and the town just to the left and basically the whole of America. So naturally, journalists flocked to Point Pleasant to get their scoop on the airborne creature. Now, during the time of the Mothman appearances, Batman was big. On um, It was both a huge TV show during that year, and it was doing really well in the comic book scene. Um, and one of the spin-off characters, one of the villains in Batman, just so happened to be the Mothman. As such, an, anom uh, anonymous, an anonymous editor quickly snaffled up the name, and it stuck. So yeah, an anonymous editor in one of his pieces just called the creature the Mothman and just bada boom bada bing, there you go, we've got Mothman. So now that we know about its name, let's talk about another thing I've been carrying on about for the past forever. And that is the TNT area. So um, I have been mentioning that a lot and it's time for me to explain why. This area is suspected to be the actual home of the Mothman. So the TNT area is a wildlife preserve. Well, now it is a wildlife, a wildlife, a wildlife preserve situated just north of Point Pleasant. Whilst the reserve is home to stunning wildlife and flora species alike, the beautiful Face Valley hides an ominous, ugly past beneath its grounds. Within the reserve are abandoned old ammunition storage facilities and factories, which were grossly used during World War II. Ammunition was made and stored within the area, thus giving it its name, the TNT area. So boom goes the dynamite. Now Mothman was suspected to live in one of the old abandoned storage units. This area is incredibly important when it comes to discovering what Mothman is. So... Hang on to your butts, people, and and your knowledge of the TNT area too. Hang on to that and your butts um, until we get there. So yeah, we're going to discuss um, how this ties into the legend a little bit further later. But yeah, for now, all you need to know is that he lived there, apparently. So now that we know a bit about the area... It's time to take a bit of a deep dive into the story of the Mothman and how it grew within the community. So if you recall in the Marcella Bennett encounter, the lady with the beautiful name, I mentioned that her brother Raymond had witnessed a bizarre string of lights in the tree line. This was not an uncommon thing during the period of 66 and 67. You see, it seems that the arrival of Mothman brought on the arrival of a mass amount of UFOs. Locals reported bizarre lights flashing through the sky, absurd, disc-like flying things zipping through the night. One woman even recalled a cigar-like a cigar shaped object hovering above her home one evening. The amount of UFO sightings was so high that locals even began to think nothing of it. Like, imagine that, guys. Imagine you seeing UFOs so often that you're just like, eh, tick, whatever, it's just another alien. What? Like, when does that ever happen? But anyway, story after story poured into the local papers. And then things took a turn for the bizarre. Bum, bum, bum. Okay, 
So now things get super ooper duper spoopy. Like, sorry, I just need to jump in there quickly. Spoopy is such a funny word. Like, I heard it for the first time on one of my favorite podcasts, which is Morbid, a true crime podcast. Absolutely love that. Um, but anyways, I had no idea that spoopy was a word. I just thought they were saying spooky wrong. But yeah, apparently spooky is when it's scary enough to poop yourself. That's what I'm guessing. But I like it, so it's stuck. But anyways, now things are getting oopa duper super, sp- super spoopy. And I'm so excited. So people in the community began to have trippy as dreams about something going horribly wrong. One local woman reported a reoccurring dream in which she kept seeing presence floating down the Ohio River. Yo, Ohio, Ohio River. That just felt weird to say. Other people reported seeing apparitions of terrible things ahead. It was as though another entity had gotten into their heads and planted visions of future events. These seemed, um, these things may seem irrelevant until you discover what comes next. And guys, I'm not freaking joking. Like, just hang on to that thought of the lady and her reoccurring dream of the Christmas presents. Because that, you are, that's big. So, the day is December the 15th, 1967. It is officially 13 months to the day from the first sighting of the Mothman in Point Pleasant. The time is 5 past 5 in the evening. And people are sitting on the Silver Bridge going over the Ohio River in their usual late afternoon gridlock traffic. All of a sudden, the bridge begins to shake violently. Within a few minutes, the colossal structure had crumbled, sending cars and debris alike plummeting into the icy river below. That day, 46 people lost their lives to the Silver Bridge disaster. At the time, it was the largest bridge accident in American history. The cause of the collapse was a was pinpointed to the failure of a single eyeball in the suspension chain due to a small defect of 2.5 millimeters. Guys, that's nothing. If you think about that, 2.5 millimeters in a structure that big could cause such devastation. Like, I I was looking at photos of the bridge collapse and it's, yo, like it's scary. I can't even imagine what was going through those people's minds, you know. Anyways, initially when the, br- uh, when the bridge was built in 1928, it was never intended to bear the load it did that fateful December evening in 1967. Now I bet you're wondering what this has to do with the cryptid. Well, a lot of locals attributed the bridge collapse to the Mothman. Yeah, believe it or not, they blamed the, the bridge collapse on the Mothman. Um, a few even claimed to have seen him under the bridge the day of its collapse. So remember the premonition and the dreams I told you about? That's why it's important. Because um, this is where people began to make the connection between the Mothman and prophecies. So they assumed he had placed the visions in their heads to forewarn them of the danger that was coming. And if you think about it, I mean like the collapse happened on um, the 15th of December. Naturally someone would be Christmas shopping, you know, maybe if they're like a very forward thinking person and... (laughs) They've done their Christmas shopping and then their car collapses into the Ohio River and they float their presents. You know, just, yo, like that's really just kind of sends the chills, if you get what I'm saying. Um, so anyways, another reason the Mothman is so closely linked to the bridge is due to the fact that after the collapse happened, he disappeared. So from that day, Mothman was never seen in point place again. But something else was. So the Mothman bought the UFOs. And now the UFOs bought something even more sinister. Like really freaking weird. Uh, So uh, Mothman and UFO sightings long populated the headlines of the town paper. As they naturally should man. Like that's big stuff. However, after the bridge collapsed. Little else was, um, was thought about apart from the 46 souls lost. It was bizarre that during this time, a strange group of men started appearing throughout Point Pleasant. They vary quite drastically from account to account. However, there are a few general physical attributes and personality attributes 
which remained the same. The beings were always males. They had olive skin, black hair and black eyes and abnormally long spindly-like fingers. Another weird thing that people picked up on is the fact that they didn't blink and that they were all kind of ill-informed about human things. Uh, so in one account I read with, what's her name, Mary Hire, uh, one of them came into her office and just spent ages wandering over her pens. Like this thing was looking at the pens, not knowing what it was. Like it was looking at it befuddled. Um, and then in another encounter, encounter with one of these things, it came into um, a diner and it just said food. And the waitress was like, okay, yeah, here's a menu. And then it couldn't read. So it said, food, I need food. Um, and the waitress said, okay, what about a steak? So the thing it just like nodded. And the waitress brought out a steak and cutlery. And apparently the thing fumbled around with the cutlery and didn't know what to do. So it looked at the other diners trying to study what the hell it's doing with, with the knife and the fork. How do I eat? And... The waitress had to show it, okay, you have to pierce your meat with the fork and then you take the knife and you saw to cut. So apparently human actions were <laughs> very foreign to this weird group of guys. So apart from that, not much was the same about the various visitors. A pair of them visited the offices of an active journalist, Mary Heyer. They were, um, they were reported to be dressed to the nines in slim-fitted black suits formal black shoes, black hats, and black shades to match. Furthermore, the men were, were um, taller than your average male, seeming to tower over Mary. They asked Mary a string of bizarre questions, including, if someone told you to stop publishing stories about the Mothman, what would you do? To which Mary responded, I would tell them to go to hell. Like, good for you, Mary. Yes, Jerno, you do that, lady. So later the same day, a strange, smaller man appeared in her office as well. Although he had the same physical attributes as the previous two, like the olive skin, dark eyes, what, what, um, he was dressed in an ill-fitted suit and had a head of hair that looked very disheveled and unkempt. He was reported to speak with a bit of a stutter or some kind of speech impediment and began to ask Mary uh, another set of bizarre questions. However... One particular question stood out. He carefully asked Mary, if someone told you to stop publishing stories about the Mothman, what would you do? This startled Mary, and she asked the strange little man if he was connected to the other two men who had recently visited her office. With that, the man seemed to panic and replied, No, I'm a ufologist. My name is Jack Brown. He also said that he knew someone, but I couldn't remember who he said he knew. Furthermore, something that struck Mary about both encounters was the men's interest in the lights in the sky. The talk of the town had recently turned to the collapse of Silver Bridge, which is like completely normal, you know. But, <laughs> but anyways, it's weird that, you know, out of nowhere, these people just start showing up and saying... What about Mothman and the, the lights in the sky? Another encounter happened when Mary's niece, Connie Carpenter, was walking to school one morning in 1967. Connie had reported that she had witnessed the Mothman. Suddenly, a large black Buick pulled up beside her. Inside sat a well-groomed young man who Connie reported to look about 25. The man gestured... Gest gestured to her to come closer. Suddenly, he lunged forward, grabbing her arm. He then attempted to pull Connie into the car. Luckily, the girl gave him hell and managed to get away with nothing but a ripped sleeve. Like, yes, queen, yes, Connie, good for you. Rip your sleeve, get away from that scary fucker. Anyways, with that, Connie ran like hell to get home and locked all of the doors. However, the next day, and guys, this is creepy as ever. Um, the next day, an ominous note was slipped under the, the front door. The note read, be careful, girl. I can get you yet. Like what? The actual. 
if someone did put a note like that under my door, I say if someone did, I probably wouldn't do jack shit. I'd run upstairs and cry. <laughs> but still, I would be freaked the fuck out. I would be completely freaked out. These men soon became known as the men in black. You know, for obvious reason, because they were always seen wearing black and the black shades and the hats and the whatever. So people really didn't know who they were. They thought maybe, okay, these guys were either agents of the FBI um, or they they were just other weird beings from another place. But anyways, they seemed to threaten people and focus on people who had spoken out about their encounters with Mothman or about their UFO encounters. They were very focused on these people. However, luckily, the men soon began to leave the town once the thrill of Mothman sightings died down. But the story does not end there. So remember I told you that um, this Mothman thing has been recorded around the world like with disaster? Here comes the disasters, guys. So while Point Place, see I did it, finally, I've been waiting for myself to do that the whole time. While the Point Pleasant encounter is the most publicized, there are other recollections of the Mothman worldwide. First up, we've got Mexico City in 1985. Reports of huge birds were seen weeks before um, a horrific earthquake took place. Chernobyl, 1986. Bird-like man encounters were reported over the course of several months. These ended once the power plants exploded. Like that, that gave me chills, guys, because like Chernobyl is so epic. It's just devastating what happened there. And I'd actually really like to cover those, the, the birdmen in Chernobyl, because like, fuck, that, that just fascinates me. But anyways, yeah, maybe we'll get to that at another point. Maybe we'll do like a Mothman 2. Another Mothman. The next encounter um, is September 1999, where a Mothman-type cryptid was seen in Russia. This happened weeks before the historical apartment bombings took place. September 2001. Eyewitnesses saw a huge bird-like creature in, the western, in western Pennsylvania. Chicago 2017. More than 20 reports were, were recounted during April to July of that year. So the last two, September and Chicago, there's no evidence of any weird thing being linked to it. Uh, but another creepy thing, I don't know if this is just people jumping on the Mothman hysteria, but some people claim to have seen um, the Mothman before 9-11 happened. Who knows? I don't. Only the witnesses do. So now we get to the my favoriteest part of the show, which is... So, welcome, welcome, welcome to What Was the Mothman? In this corner over here, we have theory number one. The Crane, brought to us by Dr. Robert L. Smith, a.k.a. the Trine Ornithologist, is appealing to the eye. But is there anything underneath? Next up, we have The Created. This little theory is a little unorthodox, but loves all things that go bump in the night and send shivers down your spine. Can the next theory ever live up to the creature? Well, the curse is your bad boy theory. Perfect for all monsterinos looking for a spooktacular time. Next up in the box number four, we have the conceivable. This safe little theory is perfect for anyone looking for a flawlessly sane explanation. The kind of theory you take home to meet the folks. Finally, in box number five, we have the truth. Well, that's just according to one little cryptid lady out there. But will this out-of-the-world explanation catch your eye? Let's find out. So first we're going to start off with the crane theory. This was presented um, days after the first encounter, and it was uh, presented by Dr. Robert L. Smith. This guy was an associate professor of wildlife biology at WVU. Um, so, Dr. Smith just passed the Mothman off to be nothing more than a sandhill crane. Initially, this seems plausible. 
this bird is a relatively large animal, larger than, say, a pigeon, for argument's sake. Furthermore, a notable physical attribute of the crane is that it has large, red, circular marks around its eyes. Surely this must be an explanation behind the Mothman, right? Wrong! This plot is riddled with flaws, and Professor Robert L. Smith was nothing more than a cryptid-hating fopwhip. The crane generally stands between 3 to 3.5 feet tall. That is literally half the reported size of the Mothman. However, if size isn't discerning enough for you, this bird is not native to Point Pleasant. It does migrate through the area, and Smith argued that perhaps one had become lost during the migratory pattern. But come on guys, to be lost for a, for a year. <laughs> that poor bird must have been wandering around like, what, where am I? I just, I, I can't see that being plausible. Anyway, so that is the crane theory. Theory number two, the created. Um, so the next theory is about as spooky as the Mothman himself. So remember, I told you to hang on to your butts because we discussed the TNT area. Um, so now we're going to get into why that plays a pivotal role in the birth of the Mothman. Anyways, this, like I explained, um, the TNT area was actually home to um, what, like an ammunition storage warehouse during World War II. And it was classified as a hazardous area due to illegal chemical dumping which took place during that time. So during the time of the ammunition storage, they were dumping uh, chemical waste into the surrounding ponds. As such, a lot of locals have bought into the theory that perhaps an indigenous bird to the area had been exposed to this waste and had mutated to become large and monstrous. Kind of like a Spider-Man situation where Spider-Man was bitten by the radioactive spider and then morphed into a superhero. But now this shame, this poor bird morphed into... A clumsy penguin walking moth thing. This, however, was poo-pooed by a local ornithologist whose name I cannot remember for the life of me because I was paying attention to what he was saying and not, not what, 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 and not what he was called in the documentary. So yeah, I didn't read his title. I just listened to what he was saying. But anyways, this guy um, claimed that any animal that was subject and exposed to the polluted waters at that time wouldn't have mutinate, wouldn't have mutated, but they would have actually died from the exposure to that type of chemical waste. The next theory is the curse. So the next theory as to what the Mothman is is the bad boy theory that I described earlier. Um, and this goes years back, guys. So I'm talking we're going all the way back to 1777. This year marks the death of a prominent sh um, Shawnee leader, Chief Cornstalk. The chief had partaken in the Battle of Point Pleasant in, 19 uh, 19, in 1774. However, after this, he had dedicated his life to cultivating peace between the Indians and European settlers. In the fall of 1777, the chief went out on a diplomatic visit to Fort Randolph. However, the then jackass fort commander had decided to take hostage of any Shawnee who crossed his path. Like, what a dick. Anyways, as such, the chief, his son, and two other accompanying braves were taken hostage. Eventually, the four men were brutally murdered by the commander and his men. However, as rumor goes, before his final breath, in a kind of poetic justice, the chief uttered a curse upon the land which would continue for two centuries. So the locals of Point Pleasant have latched onto this legend and have drawn a correlation between it and the Mothman. So people are speculating, what if this creature was born from the chief's dying words? Like, what if the Mothman is the curse? I don't know, but... <laughs> it's a nice little theory, but... Nah. Next, we have the conceivable. Another theory that I'm rather partial to is uh, that of Joe Nickel. Joe Nickel, an author and investigator with the Committee for Skeptical Inquiry, 
surmised that the Mothman was nothing more than a barred owl. And yes, I'm saying that right. I'm not, I'm not getting my N confused with my R because I'm sick. It's not a barn owl. It's a barred owl. So the barred owl is apparently an incredibly spooky creature to look at. And now I say apparently because I absolutely love owls. And I think it looks quite cute. Damn it. So as far as I'm concerned, it's awesome. According to everyone else, it's a spooky looking thing. So the Mothman's description kind of fits an owl perfectly if you think about it. The no neck thing, round head, angel-like wings. Uh, one woman who got close enough to view the creature reported it to have nostrils, yet no nose and no nose arch. So kind of just imagine like a Voldemort thing. Perhaps she had seen the shadows on either side of the owl's beak and mistaken these as nostrils. However, one thing that truly makes the barred owl a strong uh, contender for the Mothman are its eyes. During the daytime, the bird's eyes are deep black. However, at night, when light is shone upon them, they turn a brilliant shade of crimson. And guys, I've looked at this. I've watched videos of this owl. Its eyes are actually creepy. Like at night, you if I had to see the maybe a barred owl was looking at me through my window. I should look and see if we've got any in South Africa, but yeah. Hey there, hi there, ho there, it's me from post production. So I look to see if we've got barred owls, barred owls in South Africa, and no, it's a no go. So, yes, it was a, a, a spook, spook monster outside my window as a child. That's my theory, and I believe it. No, if I, <laughs> if I had to see that driving down a road by myself at night, I would also know, guys. I would like probably just poo <laughs> in my pants. Done. Sorry. <laughs> so the reason the barred owl's eyes um, are so red at night is because they have a large amount of blood vessels found within the owl's eyes. Um, and that attributes to the crimson eye shine. So eye shine is that kind of glare that nocturnal animals get or kind of most animals. I don't know if you've ever seen that kind of reflective glitter that shines in an animal's eyes at night sometimes. But yeah. So what's the issue with this very plausible Mothman substitute? I mean like as far as I'm concerned after reading that the Mothman is an owl. Bish bash bosh. Done. Sorted. So okay. <laughs> Here's quite a bit of a, a spanner in the works. The barn owl is actually quite a little fella. The female, which is the largest sex in the species, reaches a whopping, wait for it, 51 centimeters tall. <laughs> and she only weighs 800 grams. So guys, it's, it's quite a small bird. Um, I didn't see how big the wingspan is, but I mean, like, of, a, of an owl that's only 51 centimeters, like, I'm looking at that now in terms of measurements, that's not very big. So this is a far cry from the towering figure that is the Mothman. However, um, Joe Nickel, this oak who came up with this theory, did conduct a very interesting experiment. In 2010, he set up a series of variously sized Mothman cutouts and set them up down a dark road. He then placed bike reflectors on each of the cutouts to symbolize eyes. He then took a, a, a test group of people down the road at night and asked them to pay special attention to the cutouts. However, when they reached the, when they reached, when they reached the end of the road, not one individual could correctly guess the, side, the size of any of the cutouts. So this, coupled with collective consciousness, could actually explain the Mothman. Perhaps people got super spooked by the owl's eyes and embellished the stories and their encounters in their heads, remembering them to be much larger and much scarier. Um, as more and more people reported them, a group idea was formed and accepted and thus the Mothman was born. Now we get to the truth, according to me. So, <laughs> another popular suggestion, and I'll tell you why I think it's the truth. I mean, bugger it, I've really lost all of my credibility from my red eye story as a four-year-old. But anyway, 
Um, another popular suggestion is that Mothman was, in fact, a visitor from another planet. Now, why this makes sense to me is due to the facts of the other two things that are closely linked to the story. So, while the owl is incredibly plausible, like I do really, really, really think that the barred owl theory is a very, very good explanation. How do you, how then do we explain the mass UFO sightings that happened during the same period in Point Place? Um, and the arrival of those weird oats. Like, was there some weird discount tour from Creepyville where people look olive and have black hair and black eyes and can't human? I don't know. So, all of those theories that I gave you, none of them explain the UFOs and the, the men in black. So, that's just me. So, yeah, call it my inner cryptozoologist coming out. But that's my story and I'm sticking to it. But yeah, there we go, guys. That's our first mainstream monster. Like, how exciting. Oh, I just absolutely love the Mothman. One of these days, one of these years, I'm going to make my way to Point Pleasant and I'm going to go to the Mothman Festival. Like, I would absolutely love that. But anyways, guys, if you want to stay in touch with me or just see some of the cool little graphic designs I do of these monsters and whatever... Follow me on Instagram, which is meet underscore my underscore monsters. Follow me on Twitter, which is meet monsters, because my doesn't make sense in Twitter world, apparently. Um, join my Facebook group. So that is facebook.com forward slash meet my monsters podcast. Um, and then you can listen to me on most of the main podcast channels. Uh, so yeah, uh, find me on Podchaser. Leave me a review if you'd be so kind. Find me on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or the MeetMyMonsters.com website. But yeah, guys, it has been an absolute pleasure doing this one with you. So yeah, keep it real and peace. peace.